Chapter 13 I felt him squirming inside my mouth. I felt the eight hairy legs kicking. Did you ingest me? Axe demanded, sounding outraged. Um... Yes. Have you lost control of your morph? Well... Okay, maybe I had. For just a minute. Now I was back in charge, though. It was slightly embarrassing. As a rule, you shouldn't eat your friends. Then, something terrible occurred to me. Did I bite you? How do you feel? Uh, groggy? Morph out! It didn't matter anymore if David's father saw Axe. Axe would be dead in seconds if he didn't demorph. I spit the spider out, which was not an easy thing to do. My snake tongue didn't work like a normal tongue. It came flitting out of its own little slot, tasting the air every second or so. It was great for picking up the scent of possible prey. It was useless for pushing half-dead spiders out of your mouth. Fortunately, Axe was already demorphing. He was growing bigger and bigger in my snake mouth and pushing his own way out. And that's when David's father reappeared. What the? Oh, oh, oh! What is that thing? No choice. I had to contact the man. I had to use ThoughtSpeak. Of course, there was no law saying I had to tell the truth. And it's a fact that you can't tell where ThoughtSpeak is coming from. Greetings, Earthling! Kalatu Barada Nikto! I come in peace! Yeah! David's father said and backed up a couple of steps. I saw him draw his weapon from a shoulder holster and point it at Axe. I couldn't blame him. Axe was about the size of a beanie baby, with eight hairy legs, blue and tan fur, a wormy sort of scorpion tail, and two very tiny arms. Do not fire your earth weapon! I yelled. We come in peace! We? A second ago it was I! How many of you are there? Great. Count on the law enforcement officer to notice that. I recall David saying his dad was a spy. What was he? FBI? CIA? Or a member of the shadowy secret force that's always giving Mulder and Scully so much trouble? Um, well, Earthling? I said. There's just one of me. But I suffer from a sort of space mental illness. Split personality. Hey, it's a long, long trip from planet Xenon 5. I had to have someone to talk to. Axe had grown to the size of a teddy bear. A really ugly teddy bear. Whatever you're doing, stop it, the man cried. Stop growing. Hey, what the heck are you two doing in there? It was Tobias's voice from outside. I'm a snake, I bit Axe, he's demorphing so he won't die of the poison. The stupid email got sent, and this guy is going to shoot us, I said. Any other questions? Stop growing or I'll shoot, the man said. He pulled back the hammer on the gun. I said, freeze. You've got new problems, Tobias announced. David's walking up. Earthling, I yelled. Your son ditched school early. Don't ask me why I said that. 
I guess I had some instinct that maybe all parents are alike. And even when faced with a weird, morphing alien, they'll focus on their kids first. The FBI-slash-CIA-slash-secret-whatever-agency's agent's eyes flickered. He what? He ditched the last period. Now, let me step back and paint this picture for you. It's me, the snake, thought-speaking to a very suspicious guy, pretending to be speaking from a now cocker spaniel-sized half-spider, half-andalite, while getting information from a bird boy, announcing that some kid had ditched school early. Question. Is my life insane? Answer. Oh yeah. Definitely. I came home from work early, David's father said. Huh. Got him. I'll grind him for a month. The sound vibrations of a door opening downstairs. Axe was now more andalite than spider, and he was morphing his way clear of the poison. I told you to stop that, David's father said snapping back to the fact that maybe, just maybe, having an alien in his house was slightly more important than catching his son skipping a class. Marco, hang in there, Tobias reported from outside. I see an eagle, an osprey, and a falcon heading this way. Should be here in about ten minutes. That's great, as long as this guy doesn't decide to pull the trigger, because I'm guessing the bullet will take... Less than ten minutes to travel. David suddenly appeared in the doorway. He stopped dead and stared at Axe. Whoa! He says he's some kind of alien, his father said tersely. Whoa! By the way, you're grounded. An alien? No way! I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. In thought speak, I said, Yes way! It would have all been stupidly funny. I mean, it was bizarre, that's for sure. But the humor vanished in the next instant. Because that's when Tobias said, A limo, two jeeps, and a moving van, coming fast, all together, coming this way. And I said to David and his father, in as calm a voice as I could manage, Listen to me. All hell is about to break loose. The two of you need to hide. Hide? Why do we have to hide? David said defiantly. Because the alternative is to be dead. Chapter 14 The doorbell rang. David's father kept the gun on Axe, who is now definitely an Andalite. You don't want to answer that doorbell, I said. Unfortunately, The real spawn, the original Cobra, chose that moment to slither out of the closet. Slowly, David's father turned his gaze down to me, then back to Axe, then to me again. Yes, it's me, the snake talking. Look, don't do anything stupid. He jerked the gun toward me. I felt an impact. Not pain, just an impact. I jerked my snake head and saw a hole the size of a quarter in my body, just six inches up from the far end. I was seeing carpet through my snake body. Now, David's father was taking more careful aim. Whap! Axe swung his tail like a bullwhip. The gun went flying. So did a finger. Hey! David cried. Ugh! His father yelled. 
Downstairs, the door exploded in splinters. David's father clutched his injured hand. Tobias! I yelled in thought speak. We're gonna need reinforcements! There was a severe, house-shaking pounding as many large feet ran up the stairs. Two Hork-Bajir warriors leaped into the room, saw Axe, and cringed back. And then, between them, stepped another Andalite. Older than Axe. And in some way, you couldn't quite put your finger on, very, very different from Axe. Visser 3! Axe sneered in hatred. We heard shots! We thought maybe we could help! The Visser said mockingly. Get out of here! David yelled. Get out of here! Visser 3 said. Why, I'm disappointed! I just got your primitive email, and I rushed right over. You want to buy the blue box? Oh, yes, definitely, Visser 3 said. I do, I do, and I'm willing to pay anything. Let's see, what could I offer you for the box? I know. He whipped his tail and pressed the blade against the throat of David's father. I'll pay you with your father's life. You aren't getting the box, Axe said calmly, stepping forward to tell range with the visor. Then this human will be separated from his head. I understand that's usually fatal in humans. For a long moment, no one moved. Not Visser 3. Not Axe. Not David or his father. Not the two hork No one moved. Except me. I was new in the morph. I hadn't really tried it out yet. And I had no idea how you're supposed to move if you don't have legs. But the snake's own brain knew. I slithered. Long muscles in my body contracted, shortening one side of my body, forming a half loop. Then, I uncoiled the half loop to push my head forward. I was silent. I was swift. But I was not invisible and I was losing blood from the bullet hole in my tail. What is this? Another Andalite in Morph? Visser 3 wondered, cocking a stock eye down at me. Sudden movement! David's father jerked his head back, away from the Visser's tail blade. David ran straight at the Visser, yelling, Let him go! Axe whipped his tail forward. Fwap! But his attack was slowed by having to be careful of David. Fwap! The Visser blocked Axe's blow. The two Hork-Bajir stopped looking like statues and leapt forward, blades flashing. Two Hork-Bajir and Visser 3 versus Axe and a snake. It was impossible. Doubly impossible with David and his father running around, getting in the way. Fwap! Fwap! Tailblade sliced the air. Swoop! Swoop! Hork-Bajir wrist and arm blade slashed. Axe was quickly driven back, desperate against the far wall. It was a slashing, tail-whipping madness that ripped posters from the walls and lacerated curtains and sent all the little toys and gigaws on David's desk flying. I slithered after him, coiling, stretching, coiling, sliding across the floor in pursuit of hooves and the big Hork-Bajir Tyrannosaurus feet. Target! A Hork-Bajir ankle! I reared up. I sighted. I fired. Fast as an Andalite tail, I launched my diamond head forward, 
through the air, mouth open, fangs down. Thump. Yes, I hit flash. I sink my needle teeth in, all the way. I felt the venom pumping, pumping, pumping chemical death into the hork leg. Rawr! The hork yelled in pain. He kicked, and I was like the end of a whip. He kicked madly, trying to dislodge me, but I was stuck to him by my fangs. Back and forth, whipped forward, whipped back. My head was almost still, glued to the vile hork leg, but the rest of my long body flailed away through the air. Flail forward! Wah! Flail back! Wah! And then, the hork began to slow down. David's father had found his gun. He was in the corner, still cradling his bloody gun hand, and firing with the other hand. I saw three circles appear in my hork chest, and down he went. I disengaged my teeth. More hork rushing into the cramped room. I remembered Tobias saying a moving van was coming. That would hold a lot of hork One big hork stepped on me, not even noticing I was there. A big mistake on his part. I jerked my head forward, quicker than the blink of an eye. This time, I bit and released quickly. Axe was down! I saw him topple over, and I saw Visser 3 and two Hork-Bajir close in on him. And that's when things got really ugly. <laughs> there was a throaty, hoarse-sounding roar, and through the door stepped something even more awesome, more terrifying, than a hork warrior. Through the door, bowing her massive head, and crunching her huge bulk, came Rachel. If you were to come across a grizzly bear in the wild, out among the trees, it would look huge. But here, confined inside a bedroom, it was beyond huge. The bear was reared up on its hind legs, and its cute little ears were scraping the ceiling. I mean, it scared me, and I knew it was just Rachel and Morph. You want to know what it's like being a human up against a grizzly bear? Well, you know that da-da-da commercial for Volkswagen? Anyway, take that Volkswagen and run it head-to-head into an 18-wheeler going 90 miles an hour. That's human versus grizzly. You just have no concept, no concept at all, how powerful a grizzly bear is till you're up close and personal with it. hork are nasty, tough opponents, but even they did a quick double-take when Rachel stepped into the room. And behind her, sliding past her with unnatural grace, like molten steel, came a tiger. The fight had been rowdy. Now, it was going nuclear. David was going to have a real problem cleaning up his room. Chapter 15 David's room started out with the usual four walls. Within seconds, it only had two. It was an explosion of wild, insane violence. A bunch of hork a grizzly, two humans, a tiger, a real Andalite, an Andalite controller, and me, Snake Boy. Slash! <laughs> Andalite scum! Visser 3 cried, enraged. The bed ripped apart. Foam rubber protruded from the gash. Slash! Fwap! This time you won't escape, Visser, Axe said bravely. Rachel swung one hand-sized paw, hit a hork warrior, and knocked him through the wall, 
not into the wall, through the wall. About time you guys showed up, I said. We were getting our butts kicked. Is there some reason why you're a snake? Jake asked. Long story, I said. Someone, or something, went out the window. I slithered forward, under the feet of the hork I was looking for Andalite hooves. I was looking for Visser 3. I was going to drain my venom sacs into him. But down there on the ground, looking up at all these monstrously tall creatures, screaming and roaring and slashing and stomping, it wasn't easy. Suddenly, Jake cut loose. Rachel's grizzly might be scarier to see, but Jake's tiger was amazing to hear. I mean, the floors jumped from the sound waves. The windows rattled. You could feel the air vibrating. Then, hooves. Delicate andalite hooves. But whose? Axe or Visser 3? As I stared through Snake's eyes, I saw the hooves changing, melting, and now growing. It was Visser 3 morphing. I reared back. I flexed the bones that flared my hood, and I... A hand reached down and grabbed me behind the neck. It was David. Look out, Spawn! He cried. You idiot! Put me down! I roared in thought speak. David jumped back, startled, and dropped me. I spun, looking to take my shot. But then... Woof! A big hork foot came down on me. It didn't kill me, but it sure slowed me down. I laid there, stunned, gazing up at Visitor 3 as he morphed. Visitor 3 has morphs acquired from dozens of planets and moons, spread all across the galaxy. We've seen some of them. I had never seen this one. It was as purple as Barney the Dinosaur. But it was not cute. And it didn't look to me like an animal that would sing, I love you, you love me. This purple monster did not have a happy family. It rose from the body of Visitor 3, hunched over beneath the ceiling. It had massive shoulders, massive enough to make Rachel's grizzly shoulders look punny. It stood on two widely separated feet, each with four thick toes as big around as my thighs. Its face, if you could call it a face, was in the center of its upper body, so it couldn't turn and look behind itself, only straight forward. Two big eyes blinked from where the guy's chest would have been. Weird? Oh yeah. Definitely weird. As I watched in horror, the mouth grew, splitting open, a red-rimmed gash across the creature's belly. Serrated teeth and a tongue that lolled out almost like my own snake tongue. And all of that was bad, but it wasn't as bad as what came next. Because from the shoulders grew four arms, two on each side. The arms started off smooth and muscular at the shoulder, but then they became increasingly wrinkly as they went down toward the place where the hands should have been. And instead of hands, they were bony, deep, deep red points. They looked like... like... I don't know. Like really sharp traffic cones. You know, those things they put on the highway to divert traffic? That's what they looked like. Sharp cones on the end of forearms. The two sides had separated a little. Rachel, Jake, and Axe on one side. Bloody, sweaty gasping, hurt, and mad. And the hork and Visser 3 on the other side of the room. 
Between the two sides were the utterly destroyed remnants of David's bed. Two of the walls were essentially gone. One wall now opened into a bathroom. David and his father were in there. David's father had his gun, but he was looking wildly from one of us to the other, probably wondering where to shoot. Who were the good guys? The other battered wall opened onto the master bedroom. Twisted, shattered two-by-fours stuck out here and there. Slabs of sheetrock were all askew. I wondered where Tobias and Cassie were. But then, I realized I could hear a whole other battle taking place downstairs. They were covering our rear. Visor 3 had completed his morph. It's called a Dule Fansa, he said. A rather fanciful name, don't you think? Would you like to see what it can do? He aimed one traffic cone hand at Axe. Foomph! It shot out like a rocket. The wrinkled skin at the bottom of the arm extended, stretched, zoomed right out. The cone shot toward Axe. Axe dodged, but caught a glancing blow that knocked him to his knees. The cone shot right past Axe into the one remaining wall and punched a two-foot hole through it. In the blink of an eye, the cone hand retracted and wrinkled up, ready to fire again. Now let's make this simple, Visser 3 said confidently. I want the blue box. I will have the blue box. Or all of you will die. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. And I got a lovely uh, package in the mail from friend of the show and Australian correspondent Jess of Femme de Tal, uh, who you might have uh, longtime fans may recall me mentioning from the time I uh, guested on their show and also um, when they volunteered to do the Australian voices in the book where, spoilers, the Animorphs go to Australia in one of these books, and I can't do accents if you haven't noticed. But uh, she sent me a cool package, a Down Under box, which I guess is a service the proud country of Australia offers where they will mail Australian things to people who do not live in Australia. But it came with a cool little note, so uh, let me read it, because she said it was fan mail in here. So, hey, sorry I've been intending to do this for ages, but lockdown, global pandemic, etc, etc. Please consider this Audiomorphs fan mail. I do a lot of dog walking, driving, and housework to audiomorphs. It also got me into audiobooks in general. So that's a credit to you. Sorry, there's a car outside. The food shouldn't need too much instruction, haha. But I thought, sorry, I should take that one again. Let's, let's put a little emotion into that. <clears throat> the food shouldn't need too much instruction, haha. <laughs> but I thought you might, uh, might like a quick history note. The Anzac biscuits are what fed troops in Australia and New Zealand back in World War I, because they have a long shelf life. I hope you enjoy the food, let me know what you do slash don't like, etc, etc, etc. They also included a photo of uh, co-ho- their co-host Maud's cat, Tig, because uh, you can add a photo to your package if you want. And so now I've got a cool photo of a cat, it's very good. All of this is, uh, I took a photo of it and put it on uh, the Twitter that's at Audiomorphs, if you'd like to go check that out. Uh, if you don't, that's fine as well. Um, 
New thing I learned between getting that package, eating the Anzac biscuit, and talking to Jess is that uh, apparently uh, you do not want to call uh, cookies, Australian cookies, and I guess specifically the Anzac cookies, a cookie. Uh, that is considered an Americanization, and the Australian government frowns upon that and may fine you if you do that in Australia, I think. So, there you go. They're Anzac biscuits, or bickies. They're they're not cookies, unless you want to pick a fight with an Australian. Uh, other than that, I'm running late, so let's get the rest of these out real quick. No more messages. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me and you can't send me a snack package from Australia because you don't have my address, um, which I will not be giving out to strangers on the internet, sorry, uh, you can do that through a variety of ways. You can do that on Gmail, that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. You can do that on Tumblr, that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Wow, everyone decided to drive by my house today uh, while I was recording this part, huh? Sorry about that. Uh, you can do that uh, on Twitter, at Audiomorphs, mentioned that earlier, and you can do that, of course, through my website, theapocalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle to make a pun. Uh, that has all my creative projects on it. The only other current one is another podcast, a rewatch podcast called Into the Rewatch Podcast, where me and my co-host and friend Jesse uh, rewatch stuff, currently Riverdale. Soon it's just going to be a watch podcast, because we're not going to have seen the stuff before. So that'll be fun. Check it out, I guess. Uh, speaking of Jesse, I'm also uh, going to be, just finished recording, will be uploading soon, not me, but they will, um, some episodes of their podcast, Alphabet Flights, that I just guested on. Uh, so be on the lookout for those, I guess, if you want just more of my voice uh, speaking to you. Uh, Alphabet Flights is a, a Marvel podcast where they go through uh, various Marvel characters and we learn about them, and, and it's a good time, so check that out. Uh, I'm running late here, so let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. Thank you for listening. I think I said that already. Uh, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you'd like. Tell a friend, etc., etc., etc. Thank you so much for listening. As we get into the meat of the first book of the David Saga, more to come. I'm starting to sweat. Here we go. Once again, thank you for listening. Third time's the charm. I'll see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then... We fight.